was thinking as Bruce was singing, there's a difference between care and care. Did you all know that? One that we talked about last week on uh, uh, care, being anxious or having worries in our life, and the other uh, being care uh, or having care. In other words, the concern and, and the, um, the treasure of that love to help another on their journey. And, of course, the Lord is one that helps us on our journey. He tells us to cast all of our cares upon Him, for He cares for us. So both words used there in that same passage. Psalm 5520, uh, see, I think it's 5522. It says, Cast thy burdens upon God, and He shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. We have a wonderful God. Amen and amen. Uh, Bruce just reminded me of last week's message. And if you take your Bibles there in Matthew chapter 6 and chapter 7 there towards the end. When he says, take no thought, that idea, don't be careful, don't be anxious. And we tried to address this last week. And just as a review, i like to read again uh, Stanley's, uh, Charles Stanley's prayer that helps us to understand uh, what's all going on in this, this aspect of a, a prescription for our care. Um, I personally believe that oftentimes when the storms of life come, it causes us to focus on the storm rather than on the Savior. And we lose sight of what God might have in store even through the storm. We... Uh, had a wonderful time at camp, and our preacher was outstanding. Probably, as kids said, that one of their favorite. I mean, uh, favorite. He was the first time there, and uh, it was just a wonderful opportunity to have him with us. But he preached one night on the book of Ruth. And all along as he's preaching about that book of Ruth, he read that passage of scriptures, where as Naomi comes back into uh, uh, Bethlehem, uh, they says, oh, uh, 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 Naomi's here. And Naomi says, don't call me Naomi, but call me Mara, which means bitter. And then she talks about how that she felt like the Lord had deserted her. You ever felt like the Lord has deserted you? Now, is that a truth or a lie? It's a lie because God says he'll never desert us. He'll never leave us nor forsake us as born-again believers. Now, I'm talking about God's children. Naomi, in the story as our uh, preacher was unfolding, went out in her husband and her uh, during a time of famine. And during that time, her husband died. She had two boys, and they married Ruth and um, Opa, Orpa, something like that. And, um, and uh, both of the boys died. And finally, you know the story of Ruth, don't you? And she comes back to Bethlehem, and Ruth follows her back to Bethlehem. And as the story unfolds, and she says, You call me Mara, for the Lord has dealt harsh with me. That can be our first assessment to what's going on. And that oftentimes is our human side of things, isn't it? We see things through the human side of things and we begin to feel sorry for ourselves or woe is me or we begin to champion how rough we have it in life. I like the song this morning, Fill My Cup, Lord. Or even as Bruce sang, you know, when it seems like they're just these small little drippings of the 
throne room of heaven coming on your life uh, to think that God wants our cup to be running over, not just half empty. Would you not agree with me on that? And oftentimes, because we look at the storms or we look at the situations of life, that we fail to see the bigger picture. The bigger picture is life is not about us. It's about Him. We've got to keep that in mind because too often we enter into things in a human perspective. And Naomi had done that. She says, God has dealt with me uh, uh, harshly. And then you change the chapter and understand that there are 66 books in the Bible and they're there for a reason. Would you not agree? 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration and is what? Profitable for doctrine, for instruction, for uh, correction, for reproof, for rebuking, for those things. That the man of God might be uh, perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And so as he was reading the story about Ruth, and my mind is going on, and, and he brought to the end, it, we all know what happened in the book of Ruth, don't we? And that Ruth went out to gleaning and just perchance she came to Boaz's field. Y'all know this story? How many know this story? Many of us know it. And you can read it and reread it and reread it. Was it perchance? Was it perchance that the famine went and happened in the land that they left that? Was it perchance that the husband died? Was it perchance that the boys died? Or is there a bigger picture than what we can see in our own estimations? God brought her back to Bethlehem, and there Ruth found the kinsman redeemer. And you, as you finish the story of Ruth in and of itself, you discover that she becomes the great-grandmother to King David. And isn't that a wonderful story? And as I'm thinking there and, and about that story of, uh, of Ruth there written uh, some uh, uh, thousand years before Jesus even comes. And as the story ends, you see that story if preserved in the Scriptures not only gives us the indication that, that here on this surface we don't see all things, but even in the last chapter of the book of Ruth we don't see the entire story. Would you not agree with me? You could go over to the New Testament into Matthew chapter 1. And then you find that Ruth is mentioned there again. And there she is a part of the line of Christ. Isn't that amazing? And so the things that happen in our life, I mean, most of us don't like the struggles and the difficulties in our life. But God has reasons. Sometimes it's to get our attention. Sometimes it's to correct us. Sometimes Satan's working and trying to get you off course. Sometimes it's about God building your life or having you as a piece of a puzzle of a bigger picture that you might not even know anything about. But when we complain, when we get into worry, we break one of God's commands. And so if we can understand that we worship a sovereign God who knows the beginning from the end, and He does all things for good because He knows what's best. Amen to that? I believe that that's probably one of the greatest aspects of how it can help us in this prescription of worry, and that is to know the Father. Let me read Stanley's prayer one more time. Father, I recognize that the struggle I am facing today is because of my focus. 
which is on my is which is on my problems and feelings rather than on your perfect provisions. Therefore, Lord, please continue to draw me to your presence, giving me strength and courage through your word and in prayer. Whenever I'm anxious, immediately remind me to seek you. Show me the promises in the scriptures that you wish to work through to strengthen my faith and transform my mind. Teach me about who you are so I can stand steadfast against these fears and declare in full confidence, my God is wiser, more loving, and more powerful than any problem I could ever face. Day by day, help me to place my focus on your faithful character and unfailing principles so that I can be a person of courage and conviction who obeys and pleases you. And train my mouth to praise you in every circumstance. Lord God, convict me whenever I speak words of worry and defeat. And help me always to glorify you with my conversation. And all God's people said, Amen and Amen. You know, it shows us oftentimes where our treasures are if we have worries. Our treasures on the things of this world... Or is our treasures there in heaven? Do we understand? Do we live as if we are going to someday stand before the Lord Jesus Christ? By the way, every one of us will stand before Him. And someday uh, we might be bowing the knee before Him there in eternity. We understand that He is the King of kings and the Lord of glory. The Bible says... Every knee will bow. And I choose, I'd like to choose now to bow that knee and to surrender to whatever His plans are. Sometimes we go kicking and screaming to what God has for us in our lives. But God helps us through those times. Well, we're going to change chapters now, all right? We're going to go into chapter 7. And chapter 7 is the last chapter of the Sermon on the Mount. We have spent a length of time in chapter 5 and chapter 6. And if I could say this, there is a lot left just in chapter 7. I would say probably about 10, 15 more messages that we could get out of chapter 7. You'll talk about judge not. We'll talk about the moat and the beam, about don't casting your pearls before uh, swine, talking about prayer, asking, seeking, uh, and, and all those kinds of things, the two ways, the straight and the narrow gate. This is all in chapter 7. As you just kind of flip through it, the false teachers and the test thereof, the, taint, uh, the danger of a false profession, the two foundations and the two men, one who built his house on the sand and one who built his house on a solid rock. There's a whole lot there. Would you not agree? So much more just in this wonderful Sermon on the Mount. It's uh, said to be the greatest sermon ever preached. And Jesus gives it to his disciples. And in this sermon, there's some mechanics in this sermon. He had started off with the Beatitudes. And, and bottom line, as you look at there's an overarching theme throughout uh, the Sermon on the Mount. And basically, it's not about our self-righteousness. You're never going to please God in your own selfish righteousness. 
But God wants us to please Him in understanding who He is. And so He talks about the Beatitudes and then how we relate to the law. And we've talked about that. And how we relate to the Father and our worship and what God wants. God's looking for our hearts. The danger of worldliness and treasures and worries and those types of things. And then we come to one of the sections of the Scriptures that is probably one of the most misquoted Scriptures in the Bible. Did you hear me what I said? One of the most misquoted scriptures in the Bible. Let me begin reading chapter 7, verse 1. Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considers not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, the beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then thou shalt be able to clearly see to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eyes. Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. Father, I pray that as we get into this message, that you will do a marvelous work in our hearts. Help us to understand what's being said here. For, Lord, what's being said here are commands. We are uh, to follow this and to, uh, to find what is the truth of this passage. So uh, I pray that, Lord, that you'll just help work in our hearts and our minds and our ears and our understanding. May your Holy Spirit do its work now in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we get into this portion of scriptures, let's see if my clicker will work and all. Judge not. All right. So we look at this portion of scriptures. And as we look at this this morning, uh, oh my, is this the latest that we have going on? Oh my, 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 my. And you know what? It'd be good if I would come in and just see what they've got back there. Uh, Brother Lucas, why don't you go online and see if there's an updated version of this, all right? It's hot off the press, and so sometimes that doesn't get into our computers, especially if we don't refresh them or, or something else. But let me just give it to you. We'll just ignore the screen uh, this morning, and uh, we'll put it back on here until Lucas gets it up there. And, Lucas, you'll be able to see where I am. I, hopefully that you'll be able to get there. All right. First of all, I'm going to talk about what this is not about. All right? All right? What this is not about, what it is not. So as we look at this and it's misquoted, this is not about that there are no absolutes. Okay? People will say, well, you're, you're, just, you're just judging. Listen, that's not what this is about. If you read this in context, you will discover, he says, for with the judgment that you make, it will be brought back to you. And so he's not talking about discerning things through the Scriptures. He's not saying, let the Word of God be the light unto your path and the lamp unto your feet. He's saying here, he says, don't you go out there and you be the judge and the jury. Do we all understand that? This is not about absolutes. And, and in fact, people say, well, judge not that you be not judged. And, and sometimes, even in saying that, do you know, 
even in saying that, they actually can put themselves up as a judge. Because it's not what they like, but it's what they don't like that they'll bring that out. Because you just said that this is wrong in God's sight. And they say, judge not. They then for, therefore have actually violated the scriptures themselves because they have made themselves a judge. Does that make sense? I remember, uh, oh, uh, many, many years ago, probably 30 years ago, we... Uh, uh, helped, uh, I, I would say helped or hindered, depends what side you were looking at this, but there was a play called The Me Nobody Knows. It is being put on by the Willamette High School. And one of the uh, girls that was in the play came up to me and she says, Pastor, I just don't think that I should be involved with this because of the four-letter words and the sexual innuendos and all this that was in it and everything. And so we, I read it and I went to the superintendent and I said, you know, this is really not appropriate for our young people. Now, understand that was 30 years ago. All right. Uh, today, there's things that have continued to become in our schools that is very inappropriate. As we have taken God out of the schools, as we've taken prayer out of the schools, we see what's happening to our country. Would you not agree with me? And, uh, and people don't like people to stand up. There we go. Thank you, Pastor Nathan and Lucas back there. Good job. Let's give them a hand. All right. I appreciate that. I knew it was someplace to be found, but uh, sometimes you can lose things in cyberspace. And, and so sometimes people, people will say that you are discriminating. Let me ask you a question. Is the word discrimination a good word or a bad word? Yes. <laughs> Amen. I like that positive attitude there. Yes. Don't we teach our kids to discriminate what's safe and dangerous? Don't we want our kids to discriminate what's right and wrong? You see what I'm saying? And so what happens is people throw this stuff. Well, you're, you're judging. And what they're doing is they then are discriminating against moral decency. Does that make sense? You see, don't you discriminate against what's morally wrong, but they'll say, don't you discriminate. Uh, however, we, I, I just got confused there, so you just figure it out, okay? Understand that it is it is not about you being right and everybody else wrong. That's very important for us. We have our opinions about things and I don't like this. Well, that might be your flavor. All right. That might be, by the way, your spiritual gift. I personally believe that in a church that's made up of a whole bunch of personalities and spiritual gifts and things like that, that some people will see some things in a particular way and they'll say, man, it should be this way. But when God put the church together as he uh, wants it to be a part of a body, there's going to be different ways that that body will respond to each other. And we have to understand that my particular strengths might not be Bob's particular strengths, but his particular strength might not be my particular strength. But together, as we work as a team, we are functioning together. But what happens, people get into their opinions and their likes and their dislikes and all that. I mean, there's things that go on all the time. Sometimes I don't even like myself. How about you? All right. 
And bottom line, it is not about us. It is about God. And God uniquely puts us together and puts people together in those things so that the strength of the team is there. Now, can we be dogmatic? Can you be dogmatic? Sure. Shouldn't we be dogmatic? Jesus said unto him, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Is that a dogmatic statement? It's a dogmatic statement. I'm telling you, truth is always true. Now, people don't like it. They'll say that's narrow. Well, whether you believe it's narrow or not, and by the way, it is narrow, isn't it? But it fits in there where it says here in the the two ways, as you read in verse 13, enter into the what? The crooked gate or the straight gate? You see what I'm saying? I mean, we have to understand this. The Bible says that, that though we are an angel, Paul saying here, preach any other gospel unto you than that which is preached unto you, let him be accursed. Does that sound pretty judgmental? It does. But is it true? And there's a warning there. I like what Brother Turner said in Sunday school this morning. He said uh, one day he came home from his neighbor's with a cookie in his hand. And his mother said, uh, where did you get that cookie? And he says, well, our neighbor gave it to me. He says, well, let's go back to the neighbor and thank him for the cookie. And Brother Turner knew that he had stolen that cookie. And all the time he's going back, I'm all, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. And he says, my son has something to tell you. Guess what it did for Brother Turner? Do you think he ever stole a cookie again? Do you see the good sense of that? By teaching people what's right and what's wrong. Ecclesiastes tells us that if judgment is not quickly handled, then unrighteousness will flourish. We got to tell people the truth. Is it important for people to hear the gospel? As we said before, so say it now again. If any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. That's why we do not join in to many of the ecumenical movements. I remember when I first came here and they wanted me to join into a, a preacher's fellowship or a pastor's or you know religious leader's fellowship. And I thought to myself, how can I sit in a fellowship and pray together in, with religions that do not preach Jesus Christ is the way to get to heaven? These are strong words. And yet what's happened in our society is we have backpedaled trying to be politically correct rather than thus saith the Lord. And we've said this time and time again. Second John 9, 11 through 11. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrines of Christ, what does it say there? Hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrines of Christ, he hath both a father and the son. Whoops, let's go back one more. Uh, if there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine... Receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. For he that biddeth him Godspeed is partaker of his evil deeds. I want to ask you a question. How many think that's a suggestion? 
Is this strong language? Our allegiance to our Father and to truth should not cause, or should, excuse me, should cause us to stand up for the truth, whether it's politically correct or not. Thus saith the Lord. You know, I think today that some people would want to rewrite the little red riding hood story to find it to become more politically correct. There are wolves out there that want to dress themselves up, sheep that can be stolen and sheep that can be devoured because of this. And the Bible warns about this. In Corinthians 2.15, it says, But he that is spiritual, what does it say there? Judges all things. If you read the verse before that, 2.14, it says comparing spiritual with spiritual. In other words, you're not the judge and the jury. The Bible's the judge and the jury. And the Spirit of God works in our hearts and can help us illuminate our minds to see the truth of things. But he that is spiritual, in other words, you're going to use the Holy Spirit and the Word of God judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. An interesting contrast to here in chapter 7. So what it is not, we need to understand this. And then the Bible says in 2 Timothy, Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We need to understand the Scriptures. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. In the day and age that we live, we need to know our Bible even better. But shun... Profane, and that word profane there is ungodly. And vain babbling. And this is, vain babblings is just uh, useless chatter. For they will increase unto more ungodliness. Now this again is not a suggestion. This is a command that Paul is given to Timothy. And he's telling us, and I believe this should apply to all of us, not just the preachers, but we need to make sure that our conversation is useful. Would you not agree? Uh, one of the other messages that the preacher preached on is uh, James chapter 3. And he talked about the power of the tongue, that it can set a course on fire. And he talked about there how that, that uh, sometimes uh, in a day we'll speak 30,000 words. And he said in Psalm 119, verse 14, he says, Let my words be acceptable in your sight. We need to watch what we say and be uh, honest about ourselves and how we present here. He says in verse 17, he says that their words will eat as does a canker or whom, for whom is Hymenius and Felicius. God doesn't want our words to be cancer. God wants our words to be right. Would you not agree with me? Again, these are not suggestions. Uh, if you and I have struggles with somebody and we're having aught with our brother, what does the Bible tell us to do? Go to our brother. How important it is. I would encourage you, if you would, go online and uh, listen to these messages that uh, our preacher preached there at camp. It was marvelous. Here in Matthew chapter 18, it gives us a principle. If your brother has trespassed against thee, because see, this is what's going on in this passage here. There's a moat and there's a beam. There is an offense being taken place, but it's the way the one person is approaching the offense. He's coming on it in a, in a way that actually the way he approaches it makes it more of a beam in his eye than the offense that has taken place. And what 
The reason for that is because of the heart attitude, a self-righteousness. All right. So he says here, he says, if your brother has a trespass, if you have a, a brother who's trespassed against you, go and tell him his faults between thee and him alone. You know, I personally believe that we don't have the right to carry aught in our hearts against the brother. If there's anything that needs to be dealt with, we need to go to that brother. And we need to be careful that we are not the ones who are receiving useless or what uh, Second Timothy says uh, there, the uh, babbling or the, the vain babbling. So he says, go and tell him his faults between him and him alone. If he shall hear thee, what have you done? So, does that sound like a bad thing or a good thing? It's a good thing. And by the way, that is what motivates us to go to a brother because we really want to help our brothers. We should not want to hurt our brothers. I find that a person that is hurting inside of himself oftentimes wants to hurt others. And we need to find out what is the source of that hurt, what causes us not to follow the Scriptures. Maybe in past we've not known the Scriptures, but the Bible says to him that knows to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. And so this is one of those areas, as James talks about, how destructive the tongue can be. If you don't have a brother that's gained at that time, you take and uh, uh, one or two more with you, and in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as a heathen man, and as a publican. All right, so we see this. This, by the way, is in the Constitution and our Articles of Faith in our church that how we should help one another. And it ought to be we want to help, not hurt somebody. In fact, I think that's what's going on in this passage here where this person, he has just the desire to stand as the judge and to proclaim his self-righteousness and hurt anybody who would disagree with him. And there's a, uh, there's a struggle here with that. Uh, as we continue on in this aspect of what this is not, he says, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, uh, to go tell him. And then Philippians 1 says, And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in judgment. That's an interesting phrase there. God wants our love to grow in knowledge and in this discernment. You know, if we can't discern what's going on in our life, we'll never correct what we're doing. He says in verse 10, that you may prove or approve. There the word. Oops, excuse me. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, sorry. There. I, I don't know if I'm ricocheting off somebody. You know, Bill, it seems like every time you sit there, it's just you're, you're just so tall and everything and everything. So I, uh, I just yeah, mess up. I'm sorry. I've got to aim it a little bit different. Uh, I'm sure it's my, my fingers this morning as well. Uh, he says here, he says that, that ye may approve or test the things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without offense to the day of Christ. So there's a way to approach a matter, and there's a way that you can approach a matter in the flesh. Would you not agree? There's a way we can approach it in the spirit and a way we can approach it in the flesh. How many ever struggle with their flesh? Can I see your hands? Yeah. You know when that... And it can be worry. It can be that angry feeling towards somebody. 
that anger that's the evidence of it is Galatians chapter 5 we've been spending a lot of time on this on Wednesday nights I wish everyone could have heard the series on Wednesday nights of how to walk in the spirit and uh, the more we understand these things the more ownership the maybe sometimes baby steps of making good progress hopefully in our lives all right so that's what it's not now what creates the problem and I already said it's our measures it's our motives and it's our means Rather than biblical. And this can create such disasters. So let's look at these things. Let's look at, at our measure, first of all. And, and it's interesting, this passage here, maybe some of you have heard this. Uh, uh, with the measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. Where's that verse found that's the parallel to this? Luke chapter 6 and verse 38. We'll look at that in just a little bit. So our measure here, judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. And by the way, this was the struggle that the Jews had here in Matthew. They looked at their Pharisees. They looked at their priests. They looked at the godly, quote, people. And Jesus Christ says, uh, uh, you whited sepulchers. In other words, on the outside you appear right, but inside you're filled with dead man's bones. So God tells us and he warns us about judging things on their appearance. Does man judge things on the appearance? Yes or no? Yeah. Bible says in the Old Testament, man looks on the outward, but God looks on the Heart. And so to be godly or godlike, we need to get in the habit of looking on people's hearts. Uh, so our measure, our opinions, I don't like, I disagree. And uh, we need to bring in the scriptures in about it. It's not about us. It's all about him. Luke chapter uh, 6. There, that passage, judge not that you be not judged. This is the parallel passage to this. Condemn not, and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. It's interesting how he pulls in these uh, extra little statements here. And then he says, give, and it shall be given to you. And it's with the same measure, shaken down, running over, shall men give unto your, uh, your bosom for that same measure. In other words, man, if you are critical, if you're judgmental, it's going to be measured back to you again. Does that make sense? If we are forgiving, if we are loving, if we're gracious, then God will be gracious to us and it will be given back. Running over, the measure will be given to you as stated there. Romans chapter 12. Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest. For wherewithal thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest dost the same thing. Interesting. Oftentimes our own weaknesses can come out in how we see in the failures of others. Or maybe it's our strength and, 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 and how we will look at others. But... We are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. May God help us in our measure. And then our motive, our motive uh, to be politically correct, or maybe we have a critical spirit. Maybe we don't feel good about ourselves and we take it out on other people. Maybe we've had a bad day. You ever have a bad day? <laughs> You've eaten too much of something that you shouldn't have eaten or watched something that you shouldn't watch. Do we have a more peaceful world 
or a more angry world. Someone said that there was riots going on in Milwaukee this week. Is, is, did that, is, that, is that real true? I, we did not hear about it. We were up at camp. You know, it's one thing about being at camp. It is so wonderful. We don't get any news. We don't know. Except the preacher got up there and he says there's a dirty bomb that's been brought into the United States. You guys that are up here at camp, you have not heard about it. But there's a dirty bomb that's been brought up here uh, into the United States. And it has been brought to Washington to the Seattle area. And the kids are sitting there. Man, we haven't seen the news. We, we won't let them use their iPhones or anything like that. And we're sitting there. He says it's been, it's been brought here right to Camp Northwest. And then he says, it's you. And then he started talking about the tongue. Wow. You know, we get wrapped up in the news and we fail to realize what the real news is. So the motive here in uh, Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. You see that? That's the problem. Two men went to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, the other a publican. And uh, the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. I always like that statement. He prayed to himself. He says, God, I thank you. I'm not like this other, uh, other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, and even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And this publican, he standing far off, he would not even lift up his eyes unto heaven, but smote his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For every one that exalts himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. We can ask ourselves, who are we? Do we see ourselves as a publican or do we see ourselves, I mean, excuse me, as a Pharisee or as, as a publican? I hope that God will speak to our hearts through these verses. There's so many that are in the scriptures. I'm just hitting the top of the icebergs. And he said unto them, ye are they which justify yourselves before men. You know, people trying to get into heaven. I'm pretty good. I'm not as bad as Hitler. I'm not as, you know, the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The way you and I get saved is, number one, recognize that we are a sinner in need of a Savior. And Jesus Christ died on that cross to take away my filth and putrefying rags and give me His righteousness. Don't justify yourself. This morning you have no hope of getting into heaven if you're trusting in your own righteousness. God knows your hearts. For that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. Boy, we see the root of all these things that I've been talking about, and that is the idea of pride. Pride coming in. Not willing to look at our own selves. How important it is to examine our own selves. Here, Proverbs twenty six seventeen, as we will finish with this, this idea of about the tongue and, and this, this judging and, and this, and you don't even go to that person, but you've judged them and you've gone to somebody else or I've gone to somebody else and I've shared these things. Uh, you know what? Uh, uh, someone, I don't know if I wrote it down. I don't think I did, but uh, I, I, I'll, I'll, get it to, I'll get to it in just a minute. But he that passeth by and meddleth with strife belongeth not to him is like one that taketh a dog by the ears. In other words, if Pastor Nathan and I are discussing and uh, I give to Pastor Nathan uh, some stuff about somebody else and Pastor Nathan makes a judgment based on what I say, he says it's like taking a dog by the ears. 
our speaker this week, he came up, let's see, and uh, he talked about how we do this, and, and it is in our speech. And he tells us that we are to speak the truth in love, may grow up in him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. May God help us to think about what we say before we say it. Or before sometimes even we think about it. We need to think about what we're thinking about. Would you not agree? That's really where the problem comes. Because the Bible says out of the heart comes the mouth speaks. The issues of life is how we think. And he gave this an acronym up at camp. And I thought it was so good. And you ought to write it down. And and that an acronym on think is, is it true? Someone comes and says something about our dear sister um, Donna. (laughs) Yeah, what's her name? And, and brother so-and-so says, and he's talking about Donna. Here's what it is. Hey, let's go talk to Donna right now. Right or wrong? Do you think that might put out a little fire sometimes? Let's go bring it to them right now. Let's find out the truth of this. How often we are willing to listen to lies. Make sure we come to the truth. You don't want anybody to lie about you, do you? No. Wayne, do you want anybody to lie about you? No. How about you, uh, Brother Mike? We don't want anybody to lie about us. Isn't that right, Patrick? Hey, 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 brother, let's go and talk to Pastor Nathan right now. You know, that's a good practice to get into. Someone, uh, and I wrote this down up here. I, I need to look at my notes occasionally because ever so often I forget what I'm saying. And I didn't write it on my notes, so I'll probably forget it anyways. (laughs) If If you're not a part of the problem or the solution, don't get involved. Does that make sense? Is it helpful? Is this really going to help somebody else? Is it inspiring? You know that. We had... uh, uh, one message, I think it was at the end of this message, that we got up at the end and we started going around and 260 people in the auditorium. We go around and says, oh, I am so thankful for you, Rose. You have been a blessing. Isn't that better than saying, you know what Rose is doing over there? Which, which is better? Which would you rather have? Oh, brother, I appreciate you preaching for me on Wednesday night. Brother Mike, I know it was a great sacrifice for you to have Judy go. But you know, because Judy went to camp... Our head cook is coming back next year. Thank the Lord. Isn't it much better to go around and say, Man, brother, I appreciate you. I've known you for 37 years or thereabouts. And you have been faithful. Doesn't that mean so much more? Brother, it's good to see you back with us. I love the smile on your face. Amen. Which is better? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? <laughs> That's a good one. Don't you agree? I hope you write this down. Yeah. If solution. Yeah. If you're not a part of the problem, you're not a part of the solution, then don't be a part of the conversation. That's a good rule, wouldn't it be? Thank you, Pastor Nathan, for that. True, helpful, inspiring, necessary, kind. You know, we see this world getting angrier. How about us in church? Should we be coming sweeter? Father, I pray that you'll help us in our 
responses to our brothers and sisters. I pray that as we look at this, judge not that you be not judged. I dare say that most of us have never stopped and thought through this process to where we become more biblical in this command. Lord, we should let the Word of God be a light. It should be that it's such a part of our lives that it controls our thinking. And so we've dealt with some, um, uh, some wonderful truths just as we start this portion of Scriptures. And I pray that you will help this congregation, help this preacher. I dare say there's not a person in this room that couldn't do better in what we're talking about. So, Lord, right now, forgive us. And if you think that I'm preaching at you, you mark it down, I am. <laughs> if you think that I'm preaching about me, you mark it down, I am. I believe that I want to grow, as Philippians 1 said, I want to grow in my love and knowledge of judgment. I want to grow in my relationship with Jesus Christ so that I can have a good relationship with Him. And right now, if God spoke to your heart, why don't you just say, Lord, help me in my speech, help me in my attitude, help me in my mind to bring you glory. And we'll praise you for what you do in Jesus' name. Amen. I surrender all. We're going to sing it. Let's stand together. If there's decisions to be made, I encourage you to come forward or make those decisions. If, if before you leave today, maybe what we could say is, why don't you go up to a couple of folks and say, you know, I appreciate you. It was so wonderful. They gave Pastor Dan an amazing send-off for camp as it was his last camp. They gave him a trophy and people came up and shared their appreciation. They gave him a standing ovation as the program director of our camp. How much better is it to give our appreciation while we can to people? I encourage you to be part of that. All to Jesus, I surrender. All to Jesus, I surrender. All to Him, I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him. say, I surrender my tongue. for truth that we can hear from the scriptures and from this pulpit. 
And Lord, speaking to my heart today, help me to take better steps in this direction. Amen? Every one of us. Everyone. If you are not saved, you're not sure where you're going to spend eternity, please don't leave without coming and visiting. We want people to get into heaven. We don't want to think so. We want to know so salvation. Amen to that. Amen and amen. Well, we're going to have our uh, couple things uh, tonight. We're, uh, the presentation tonight. By the way, we have milk. Lots of milk. Ten gallons of milk. Uh, for all of you that like to drink milk, it's in the refrigerator next door. We've got apples next door. We've got, what else do we have? I think that's it. Apples and milk. Just take it. We don't want it to go to waste, all right? We hauled it all the way back here. You make sure you take it. Tonight we're going to be having snow cones again. Is that all right? And then the presentation of our camp and all wonderful time. Come back to support young people as well. And then uh, tomorrow, Faith Bible begins. If you, if you, you know what? If you say, I'd, I'd be interested to find out a little bit more about this. Come tomorrow night. Six o'clock, is it? Six o'clock. Come and just, you know, that's what got Josh involved. He came the first night. I mean, we were out there playing tennis. I said, why don't you go? And he went that night. And three years later, now he's graduating. Amen. Uh, work day, Saturday at 8.30. We compromised. <laughs> I look at that. We didn't like 8 o'clock. That's too early for some. 9 o'clock is too late for others. So we compromised. Is that all right? Ever so often we compromise here at Westside Baptist. And then the other announcements you can read in the bulletin. If they participate to you, please participate. God bless you. You're dismissed.